Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Sometimes we have to record intros and we don't know what to talk about. And today is no exception because it got left till the last thing. <laughs> like we're all getting ready to walk out the door. So everybody's just kind of pitching like I could talk about this. And instead of like deciding on one. We're going to gladiatorially. Okay. Yeah, we're just going to do all of them. Uh, we have Kim here with us because we just finished making characters for Cowboy World. Uh, which Jake is running for one of our Patreon shows. That is not my interesting thing. Too, uh, too late. I think you blew. I think that was yours. <laughs> no! I think that was yours. Yours passed. Uh, I'm so excited. My interesting thing is that I was not told to bring a topic for the intro. So That's I true. <laughs> yeah. I, I just turned to Kim on camera and said, hit record. <laughs> I feel like I'm being hazed a little bit. <laughs> so my thing is that I watched this the first episode of this TV show um, the other night when I couldn't sleep called The Foods That Made America. And the first episode was about pizza. And it's just this wild story of how pizza became a common thing in the United States. And a big part of the story is that, yeah, pizza kind of existed in New York where you had some Italian families. But other than that, it didn't exist anywhere. And whenever they would write about it, they would like have to give a description of it because no one knew what it was. And then some guys in Kansas decided like, hey, we're going to we're going to make pizza. We have this description of it boy, we sure don't have a lot of these ingredients. Let's like just try different stuff. And they went into a kitchen and made something. And then they had some other guy come in and, and taste it. And he was like, yeah, this isn't pizza. And one of the guys was like, but it's good though, right? And he's like, yeah. He goes, okay, then it's pizza if we say it's pizza because no one here knows better. The fucking audacity. And that's how it all started. Like they they basically then franchised, and this was, this was Pizza Hut, they franchised and everyone got those ingredients and those recipes and that's what we know as pizza now. Fake it till you make it, baby. Yeah, exactly. that's right. And they are Pizza Hut because they were making their sign from a old Coca-Cola sign. Like someone had given like, oh, here you can use this. And it only had room on it for eight letters. And so they were limited to, they were like, we have to put pizza in the word so people know. And then it was just them spitballing three letter words at the end. Oh my God. Wow. And they that. settled pizza on fun. No. Yeah. And they set like pizza pit. <laughs> and they settled on Pizza Hut because the place that they were running their their shop out of kind of looked like a hut. I love it. Wow. It's certainly not my favorite overall pizza place, but it is my favorite chain. Domino's is the other story that they tell during this because it was happening at the same time on the East Coast. Again, two brothers who had started this company, one brother got fed up with it and quit and sold his share to his older brother in exchange for the delivery car. So that's what he got out of it. He got the VW that they delivered pizza out of and lost out on $800 million as of the day they recorded that episode. Oh, my wow. God. Yeah. I was just going to talk about how bad I hurt myself. <laughs> oh, <laughs> just, no. oh, no. What I happened? Did, 
I didn't. I did nothing. Nothing happened. Nothing at all. <laughs> and I, but I threw my back out terribly. I was considering lifting a little storage box that had some clothes in it to put it back under the bed. I had not lifted it. I had not even laid hands on it yet. And then suddenly I was on the ground because I could not stand up anymore because my back hurt so bad. <laughs> and that was more or less where I remained for that day. And then the following day, I could kind of stand up again. And today I can stand up and I can move a little bit. But I have a very active job, so I'm not sure what's going to happen with that when it's time to go back. Did that box use like a psychic attack on yeah, you? Yeah, basically. <laughs> oh my god. It used that- paralysis, the, the Pokemon move. Is that box still just sitting there taunting you? No, Larissa fixed it. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it sleeps in my spot now. I have to sleep on the floor under the bed. (laughs) It's taken my place. (laughs) Now I live in the storage closet. (laughs) My back kind of hurts a little bit. I took a bath last night because I was like, I've been kind of stressed out lately and uh, this would be good and relaxing. And uh, I've been doing a thing where I get bath bombs and whatever color it turns the water, I figure out what drink the water looks like so it started um my wonderful friend sarah gave me a bath bomb for my birthday last month that was like a cute little bee and i put it in the bathtub and it just made the water look like a mountain dew and i was like this is <laughs> i was like i'm this is this looks like i'm bathing in hot mountain dew this is <laughs> this, this is wild that's how they originally made it in bathtubs right <laughs> yeah oh. I was here for it until you said hot Mountain Dew. And- <laughs> oh, gosh. I, bathing in cold Mountain Dew sounds way worse. I don't know why. <laughs> and then after that, it was like, um, this this is like a, a strawberry cream soda. This is the, like the beautiful pink. It's very nice. Uh, so the one last night was like the the good purple Gatorade. Mm. Oh, nice. Um, and so I was like, yeah, this is beautiful. This is going to be relaxing. And so I get in and it was way too hot. And... Normally, I get frustrated because I'll take a bath and then the water just gets cold so fast. And I'm like, well, this was a waste of time because I have not been in here long enough to relax. So usually I just get in the tub and I'm like, this is really hot. But, you know, your body gets used to the temperature if you just like tough it out. So I fully submerged and I was <laughs> laying there for about five seconds and I go, this might be too hot. I feel, <laughs> I feel like I'm cooking. I might be boiling myself alive. <laughs> I might be boiling myself in Gatorade. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> basically yeah and so then i was like i was like okay well i'll sit up and like trying to find a good ratio of like how much of my body needs to be out of the water versus in so that my internal temperature doesn't (laughs) doesn't fry my insides and then i was like leaning over the edge of the tub with like a big bottle of ice water (laughs) just trying to (laughs) trying to cool down but also relax in the hot water and so i was like i was i was sweating like i was in a sauna and i was like breathing heavy because it was just so hot and i was like this isn't i don't think this is good for me i don't think this is good for a person to feel like this uh and then i i was like all right well i'm gonna tough it out because this bath bomb was expensive and i i ended up turning sideways in the tub and like finding a weird comfortable position where i could like be on my phone and i had my back i can't (laughs) sideways in the tub alone is unfathomable to me all i can picture is someone having thrown a muppet into a trunk (laughs) Uh, and it was very comfortable just because I normally sit terrible for my body. And I was like, this is so comfortable that I know that it it must be bad for me to do. Like, when I leave this position, I'm going to be in a bad way. But I was also just like, well, the water's finally a good temperature, so I'm going <laughs> to stick it out. Uh, and then I ended up 
like unpretzeling myself and then <laughs> like stretching out in the tub and I was like oh no <laughs> I was right <laughs> so <laughs> my back like my spine like right between my shoulder blades is like sore and I know that that is exactly what it's from <laughs> that's my contribution <laughs> mine is that for dinner I only ate half of my fish sandwich damn that was compelling hell of a tale bro Kim, you got anything? They're all looking at me. No, I do not. I did get to go be in a tub that fit me, though, which was nice. We went to Chicago earlier this week, and the hotel tub was made of teak, and it was very, very large. And that was quite an experience. I'm not used to getting to be in a big tub. I'm happy for you. Tubs you didn't have to like, choose between your belly or your knees being warm. Didn't, didn't have to pick. All of it. Could have gotten my whole body under there if I really wanted to. All right. Well, just as a reminder, we are doing our three-year anniversary cosplay contest. Uh, we have picked our prizes, which will consist of a, a big old bag of swag from our, our Patreon and our store, uh, a coupon from our t-shirt store, uh, and then the other one will be myself running you and three of your friends through a game of Monster of the Week, and we will choose those three winners at random. Again, the submission deadline for that is May 21st uh, by 11.59 p.m., and uh, submissions can be literally anything from any game we have done. We would love to see you <laughs> enter this contest. Yeah, just do that. I ran out of steam. I want I want somebody to dress as Bagenthal. <laughs> Bagenthal. Uh, and if you have never done a cosplay contest before, don't feel like it has to be something that you um, that has a lot of time and money in it. Uh, we got a couple of very good entries last year of people being eaten by sleeping bag mimics. So Spoilers for season two. Yeah. If you haven't. If you're, if for if some you're reason listening, you're listening to this, to this. And, yeah, and skipped, go stop now. Go, go back. back. Go back. To it the, is linear. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't listen Do to this Do not listen movie. to today's episode. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, again, that is May 21st, uh, and we will draw three winners at random, and we will announce the winners during the intro on the 26th. Uh, and you can submit those through the website by emailing us at thecastofthecritshowpodcast.com or by tagging us at The Crit Show on Twitter. And with that, it's time to let the recap roll. Just the angle where the bridge is. If we jump on a sled and we go down this, that bridge is absolutely not stable enough for us to hit the bottom and actually get across it on this thing. What's unstable about the bridge? I think to paint the picture here, the snow bridge is literally just a bridge made of ice. There's no strong symmetry to it. There's, you know, uneven patches on it. This is not constructed? No, this is naturally occurring. Oh. Yeah, so it is is a literal ice bridge. I see. Our concern is being able to stop at the bottom before we hit the bridge. Yes. I mean, do we think we could, like, use some kind of anchor or something, like, as we get closer to the bottom to to tie off to the sled and toss it out behind us and slow us down? I might also be able to use telekinesis a little bit to help i don't think i could have complete control over it but it might give us a little bit of a little bit of a boost all right so you all pile onto the sled after tying yourselves to one another jake takes his position and plants his feet into the snow and as he starts to push off you hear that the wind kind of shifts a little bit it dies down and you hear just a real deep rumbling on the ground do i see anything as you look up from pushing off the sled, you see the Yitai in a dead sprint towards all of you. Megan and Tash, you have positioned yourselves on this sled, getting ready to tear down this hill. Jake has looked up and seen the Yitai sprinting down in your direction. 
his footfalls thundering as he comes. Jake, what are you doing? Now, this is going to sound stupid, but does he seem angry? Yes. Okay. And he's not in melee range, right? Correct. But give it a second. I'm going to throw a fire blast at him then. All right. So I think this is going to be a defy danger to fire this off because this is got to be a nearby creature for you to fire this off. So I think it's a timing thing. All right. Uh, what am I defying danger with? I mean, what do you think? I think this is with dexterity to fire this off and, and push off down the hill. I mean, it could be intelligence to try to figure out the proper timing of it to try to like knock it off balance. Like, what, what are you trying to accomplish here? I'm trying to slow it down. I'm trying to blast it with a with a fire blast to hopefully make it reconsider chasing us down this hill. It's not the best for me, but I don't think I can argue that this is probably a dexterity roll. So that is an eight. All right. Roll your damage. Four points of fire damage. So you get this blast of fire off and you go to push the sled off. Uh, I think your mixed success on Defy Danger is going to be that you're going to push a little hard. So you're going to be going faster than you intended, knowing that you need to stop before you get to the ice bridge. You're not going to push off at all. You're going to just kind of lift your feet and let gravity take you. So you might be at risk of the ice gnomes or you're going to drop something. Uh, I think we go too fast. Okay. Excellent choice. So this fire rolls over this Yitai and it lets out a roar, uh, but it does stop as you push off hard down the hill. Uh, and I, as we go, my uh, my blade goes out because that is the end of my magic. I will have to regather magic here in a moment. All right. Uh, so, Megan, I think we are to you steering this sled down the hill. Do you imagine this is dexterity, like jerking it side to side? Is this intelligence trying to read the snow? How are you trying to steer this down the hill? Yeah, I think it's definitely intelligence. I'm I'm trying to take in a lot of different factors here to manipulate the direction we're going. Okay, roll defy danger. Ten. Yeah, you were able to steer this, no problem. You were headed directly towards the ice bridge. You're able to steer through some little bumps in the snow that you assume are the ice gnomes hiding underneath the snow. Uh, but you do notice that you are coming in a little fast, but you have uh, delegated it to task to get all of you off of this. Tass, we're, we're going too fast. Keep an eye out for a place that we can jump off. I'm on it. All right. So Tess, describe to me, how are you pulling everybody off of this sled? Uh, I think as I'm watching for that critical point, I have my dagger out and uh, I am ready to like zero in on that spot and just full force leap myself out, pulling on the rope to dig my dagger into the ground to uh, to kind of drag us all to a halt as the sled rockets past. Yeah, I think this is going to be a defy danger with strength to hold the weight of everybody. Uh, and it's going to be at a minus one because you are going too fast. Oh, no. All right. Somehow that's an eight. Okay, so you can leap off of the sled and get this dagger into the ground and drag everyone else with you. Um, I think that your options are that the sled is going to go over the edge. The sled is going to be lost. You won't have it to use in the future if you should need it. You're going to roll a little bit and you're going to end up on it when you come to a stop instead of in front of it. Or it's going to make a lot of noise and possibly alert other things in the area to your presence. Oh, we're doing that that last second thing. We're, we're landing on the ice bridge. Okay. So as you all come tumbling off of the sled, rolling in the snow, you tumble onto the ice bridge. The ice bridge is slippery and the wind is blowing very strongly. I'm going to need everybody to roll plus decks to try to stay on the ice bridge and not slide into the chasm below. Seven. Ten. Five. 
All right, so Jake, you are able to cling to the side of this ice bridge and not fall into the chasm. Uh, you do take three points of damage as you clamor to stay on cutting yourself on this rigid ice. Tash, you are able to regain your feet and stand up, and you spin around to see how everyone else is doing, and you see Megan falling into the void of the ice chasm. Oh my god, oh my god! Uh, do I even have an idea of how far down this goes? You don't. After about 200 feet, it becomes pretty dark. I think I'm spending... Boy, I don't know how much rope I can get with a spend of adventuring gear. Because I've got my grappling hook with some rope. I would be pulling rope out and like tying it off to make it as long as possible so that we could start to rappel down. I would think that just going by standard RPG mechanics, that for every point of it, you could get like 50 feet of rope. I guess I would spend four charges. If I can't even see past 200, but yeah. I know there's more, then I'd get 250 feet of rope or so going here and start rappelling down after. All right, so Jake starts to spool this rope out of his adventuring kit and hook the grappling hook onto the ice bridge. Tess, what are you doing? Honestly, I think I'm just on my knees looking over the edge, just just destroyed. Like, I can't, I just can't imagine that she survived that. Um, if, if I see him working on that, I'm just looking down and waiting. Megan, your fall is much longer than it feels like it should be because of the wind blowing around you and the snow. It's hard to get a sense of where you are and what is going on. The last thing you remember is the ice bridge slipping out of your hand. But after a brief moment, there's an impact. You take 14 points of damage as you hit the ground. Oof, okay, oof, okay. And as soon as you hit, you notice that the ground starts to move and shift. The darkness and the cold is filled with a deep rumble as you see a pair of bright blue eyes open up in the darkness. What are you doing down here, little one? Uh, I fell. I fell down here. Hi, who are, who are you? This is my domain. Um, I'm really sorry. I should have I should have knocked first. What is your purpose? For coming to my domain. Uh, didn't mean to. I was um, uh, I was just trying to cross the the bridge, and I I slipped and I fell. I'm I'll I'll leave you. I'll leave you to to go back to sleep. So sorry for bothering no, you. This whole mountain is my domain. Why are you here? I am trying to make my way to the other side. Hmm. A crossing. It is customary. For a price to be paid for a crossing. What have you brought me as an offering for safe passage? I'm really sorry. I didn't I didn't know that that was something I was supposed to do. I, I don't have a lot. Um, I have this crystal that I can offer you if that's something you would like. Hmm. <laughs> and you feel yourself bounce a little bit uh. as this thing chuckles. I do appreciate the fact that you didn't try to lie to me and tell me you had prepared something. The honesty of not realizing. So you did not know this was my home. I had heard that there there was something that lived down here. I didn't know exactly uh, what your deal was or, and that I was supposed to give an offering. Um, if I If I had known that, I definitely would have been better prepared. I don't mean any disrespect to you at all. I'm just trying to make my way across, and I fell a very long way, and I'm sorry for disturbing you. Is this, is, is this good? Uh, I, I, don't have, I don't have much here. Mm. And it stops, and it sniffs the air, 
I sense others. Perhaps they are better prepared for an offering. Um, I can't speak for them. Uh, I can tell you that that none of us knew we were supposed to have something to offer you. Um, we would have definitely put something together. But mm. if I could get if I could get back to them, um, we could we could try to put something together for you. Yes, come, little one. Let's see what they have to offer. Tass and Jake up on the ice bridge. A couple of moments pass as Jake gets this rope out and gets it hung over the side of the bridge. And the two of you start to descend down the rope. And then the chasm is filled with this deep rumble. And you see ice and snow starts to fall a little bit into the chasm on both sides. And from the darkness emerges the head of a dragon, maybe 20 feet across, rising straight up as if it's just standing inside of this chasm. And in its palm, in one hand, is Megan, wide-eyed. And it stops right where you are and just looks at both of you. Whoa. Oh, fuck. Hi. And I think it's just reaction for me to amufacture. As you go to do this, you take eight points of damage. Because as this magic starts to form around your gun, the dragon narrows its eyes at you and it breathes out. And these ice crystals fly at you. That does not seem... Very welcoming for a trespasser. Oh, God, I'm sorry. I It's just sort of instinct. Mm. Always best to be prepared. I find it always best to be open and welcoming. Hospitable, some might say. Yes, that's fair. I sincerely apologize. Megan, are you okay? I think so. It was a long fall, but... um, And I look at the dragon. I'm sorry, I didn't get your name. Mm. How rude of me. I did not exchange my name, and I have not received yours. My name is Babakluk. Who are you? My name is Megan. It's good to good to meet you, officially. Yes. And who are your two friends? Tass. I'm Jake. Hello. Should we climb back up the rope, then? Before we get to that. Okay. Let us discuss the price of crossing. We were supposed to have an offering. <sighs> oh... Nobody told us that. Yeah, I let him know. Um, is there a standard offering, like a physical gift? Because I have some information and something that we're working on that might be interesting for you to know. Go on. So we're crossing because this powerful being is trying to do, well, kind of a, a terrible thing. And part of this terrible thing is that all of this where we are, this part of your world, isn't in your world anymore. It's been sort of sucked away, just this sphere of, of this area. And if we can get through and stop him, then you'll be able to be back in your own world as it should be. Tass, roll Defy Danger with Charisma. Okay. Seven. The ice dragon hears your words and turns to the side and looks up at the sky and raises up a little higher past you, taking Megan with him. And you can see that he turns to the left and to the right and looks off into the distance. Hmm. It seems your story is true. While I slumbered, something affected my territory. Very well. This information is useful. I will accept a small token from each of you. And it reaches down its left hand and plucks you both off of the rope. 
and sets you on the far side of the chasm. And then it lets Megan down onto the chasm as well. But it leaves that hand out and open. Can we assume that I managed to hold onto the rope and bring all of my adventuring yeah. gear? Okay. <laughs> I was like, no, dragon. No, no, no. I need that. No, please. <laughs> that was my whole kit. I have a gift for you. 250 feet of rope. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to do. Oh, mighty dragon. Please accept my grappling hook with 250 feet of pristine rope. Here, give me a second. I'm going to I'm gonna craft this into a friendship bracelet for you. <laughs> it's how, how big around are your wrists? I need an estimate. I've seen some of those where like the, the hooking thing is like it looks like an anchor. So this one just looks like a grappling hook. Yeah, I bet it's real cute. Uh, it also would accept information if you've got something else. I offer up one of my capacitors. Yeah, you lay the capacitor into its palm and it nods very slightly. Thank you. Thank you. I go lay down. <laughs> I will give him one of the coins, the, the currency changing coins that TJ made. I will say... Oh, great and powerful dragon, this coin can transform into the currency of any world at will. Hmm. It nods. Um, I'm going to be kind of looking through my pack of all of the stuff that has turned dingy and sort of unusable in this world and take my cluster of three grenades. Go on. And hold them up. Uh, these are weapons from another world. They make explosions happen and... They look like little pineapples, which is fun. <laughs> Alchemy or magic? Alchemy. Very well. And I'll put the little cluster in his palm. It nods, and a large toothy grin forms on its face. Good luck in your journey. If you are able to rescue my land, return it to where it belongs. Your next passage is on me. Thank you. That's very nice of you. And it slowly lowers back into the chasm. Oh, he was cool. He was a nice guy. Holy shit, I thought we lost you, and uh, I hug her immediately. I don't feel good. Yeah, you look in bad shape, and I'll start getting out my poultices and things. Do you want me to see what I can do here? Yeah, I mean, unless there's any way we can get back to the tavern, but that'd probably take longer, huh? Yeah, and I think we need a door for that. I imagine we can't just pull apart the sled, so... Just patch me up as much as you can. And I'll uh, use my last set of poultices. Okay. Yeah, and Jake, as they are getting healed up, I think that you have reached into the Altoids tin to get this coin out, um, and you do notice that there are only two of the three memory pills in there. Uh-oh. What? I'm, I'm missing one of TJ's memory pills. Where in the world could we have lost one of those? Do you mean that literally, like where in one specific world? Because technically, I think we could have lost it in a handful at this point. I guess, but I mean, it's like in a thing. Like, where would one have fallen out of that? I dropped it on the way out of fucking Sprawl World, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah, that whole, was like the, the last thing, thing I did. spilled, yep. Fuck, I mean, the last thing before we got back out of uh, that cyberpunk world was I did drop this and have to kind of scoop all the bits back in. I might have missed one. Oh, man. Okay. I mean, hey, it is what it is. All right, so I'm down to two pills and seven coins. Okay. That's not bad for how long we've had all this. <laughs> That's not a bad <laughs> not a bad hold rate. <laughs> um, and I think I use one of the bandages on myself. Uh, and I'll, I'll take this moment also to gather up some more magic and recharge my blade. Okay, roll it. Eleven. Okay, get a hold three. All right, so the three of you spend a couple moments here tending to your wounds, uh, Jake recharging his magic. And you continue on your path. 
You go for about 15 more minutes in this direction. The wind is swirling uh, and it is filled with snow, but after a little while, you do see the dull blue glow of the energy wall at the end of this scooped out mass of this world. Okay, yeah, we stayed on course. I think this is it. I think from what I saw, this should lead back to the tunnel. Yeah, like from what you showed me, either that or, I mean, from our perspective, we were just sort of walking, so I'm intrigued. Let's just keep going to see if we actually transition through the tunnel or if we just pop into that second of the four spheres. I mean, either way, there could be something new in a new world or there could be ghouls on the other side, but just be ready for, well, I guess, anything. Who's leading the way? Me! So Jake pushes through this barrier and the two of you follow him. Again, there is that feeling of distortion and falling, but you don't get that same headache of energy flowing through you. When you come out the other side, you're all falling. Uh, am I still Magic Sword Man? Yes. Do I see anything as we start falling? Yeah. Uh, roll Discern Realities. Okay. Since you came out first. Six. All you see is a dark, wavering blue. Wee. And then you hit the water. Well, even on a miss, I still get to ask, what here is magical? Uh, yeah, let me let me give you that in, in just a second. Okay. All three of you hit the water. What are you doing? For the record, as I was falling, I was screaming because <laughs> I don't do well with heights. Yeah. I mean, this literally just happened to me, so it's just like, well, I guess we're doing this again. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I think I'd be more uh, afraid when I hit the water. I'm not a super strong swimmer. And it's not a far fall. It's like 15 feet. Just a couple of seconds that you're in this other world before you hit the water. Uh, but Jake was not able to get a view of anything else around you other than water. Uh, yeah, I'll start swimming back for the surface. Yeah, same. Oh, shit. What was that? Oh, my God. Where, where are we? I mean, didn't you say you saw like a water globe? Oh, yeah. That's the second one. We're in the water world. Do you guys see anything? I don't see anything. Yeah, I look around. Yeah, rule discern realities. Ten. All right, you get a hold three. Uh, what should I be on the lookout for? So as you bob up to the top of the water and start looking around, you do see off in the distance an island, uh, and you are maybe 100 yards away from where the island has a little beach uh, that washes up to a cave mouth. And between you and there, the thing that you should be on the lookout for is you see a shark fin moving around the surface of the water. What here is useful or valuable to me? I think the thing here that seems useful or valuable to you is the fact that in the distance, you can see that blue glow again. Like it's not nearly as far away as it was in the first world. Where can I see it? Is it like on the island or? Uh, it seems like it's just past the island. Gotcha. You'd almost assume that this island is the center of this sphere. And so only like 100 yards to the island uh, and then 100 yards past the island. What here is not what it appears to be. For a brief moment, as you kind of bob back into the water for a second and pop back up, like trying to get multiple looks around, the water here is very clean and clear, and you get a better vision of the area below that shark fin. What it's on the back of is not exactly a shark. It appears to be a shark. It's not. It has a humanoid body and finned hands and feet, very muscular. Kind of looks like a street shark. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Is it bad that I feel better about fighting it now than when, yes. I, than, <laughs> than when I thought it was a real shark? No, I'm with you on this one. Uh, and then I have surface thoughts as one of my moves. Uh, so when I discern realities, 
I can ask the GM what thinking creatures are nearby, how many, and in which general direction. In the proximity of this island, you sense seven different living things. You get a sense that two of them are very primal and animalistic, and the other five, they're much more human thoughts. But they're all coming from directly in front of you uh, in the direction of the island. And Jake, I think going back to your what here is magical, um, now that Megan is kind of surveying the area and you're getting a sense of it and she's pointing out this island, you do see that there is a peak on this island um, that there's almost like a magical cone coming out of the top of it just into the sky. Okay. Okay, what do we got here, y'all? Anybody see anything, sense anything? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um. Okay, so there's a, do you see the island over there, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so uh, the portal's like on the other side of it. I think I think it's right in the middle. So we got to get to it and then across it and then pass to it back through the water to the other side. Uh, there's there's some creatures. Uh, there's there's something in the water. It looks like a shark fin, but it's like a like a person shark, like a where shark street shark thing. Uh, there's like seven, I think seven different uh, creatures, and I think two of them are just like really uh, animalistic, uh, but five of them kind of have like human thoughts so i don't know if that's the humanoid kind of things but uh there's there's definitely stuff that we're gonna have to hit megan you're amazing all i see is a shark fin that's it do you feel better (laughs) knowing there's more of them no but i feel better knowing that we know that they're there i think that may yeah so shark fin between us and the island yes so are we just swimming for it and trying to fight this thing if we have to i don't know if we have another choice yep I mean, again, I could teleport directly to the island, but I don't want to leave you guys in the lurch. Yeah, maybe we do this swim together. All right, I'll lead again. I'll start swimming that direction toward the island. So as the three of you start to swim towards this beach, you do notice that the shark fin is beelining in your direction. All right, I can try to keep it distracted if you guys want to try and go around. Do you want me to try to, like, slow it down or hold it still or something? Oh, yeah, fuck yeah. If you can do that as you go by, that'd be great. Yeah, then I'll try to use my telekinesis to interrupt it. All right, roll it. 15. Damn. All right. What all do you get for that? Uh, I can mentally manipulate it. Uh, I will just take a negative one ongoing. Okay. So where are you moving it? I think instead of moving it around, I'm trying more to kind of hold it still and interrupt its its movement and what it's doing so that Jake can get a better handle on facing it. All right. So you reach out with your mind and you hold this thing in place in the water. Uh, Jake, you see this energy pop up around it, and it starts to thrash in the water. Uh, okay, then if she's got it held fast for now, I'm just going to kind of circle around to stay between it and them as they continue swimming, and I'll stay here until they get to the island or it breaks free or whatever. Okay. I'm just standing in defense. Yeah, I don't think that there's anything here uh, for you to protect them from, because as long as Megan can keep this held fast... Uh, you're able to get to the beach. You get to the beach and you notice that there is a rowboat docked on the beach. And then this whole island is mostly stone, uh, but there is an entryway into a cave directly in front of you. Um, But you can see even from here that the cave entrance seems to dip down into the water. Do we think that, like, I should do something other than fire? Do we think anything other than fire would be better? Should I do like electricity? Yeah, I don't know. I can kind of change up my bullets as well, so... I think freezing sounds cool. Yeah, that's what I think I'm going to go with. I mean, we are, like, it is watery, so like freezing seems good. Shocking seems good too, but it could be dangerous. It sounds good for if you're able to land a hit, but I feel like if anything goes wrong and you have to take that back, 
It's going to be extra bad. I'm going to try it. <laughs> Live your best life. Just don't hit me with it. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to regather my magic. So I effectively dump the magic I currently have and try a different poll. Okay. <laughs> nope. Uh, four. So I still hold one magic in addition to whatever you say. Yeah, you draw this electricity in and it channels through the sand uh, and everybody gets hit with one point of electric damage uh, oh, okay. as this moist air and sand uh, get charged with electricity. Oh, okay. Uh, Megan, roll Defy Danger with Wisdom and you have a minus one. Eight. All right, so you can keep hold of the wear shark in the water and not let it move. Um, but you're going to take some damage mentally from doing it, or it's going to destroy your other crystal, the concentration that you're putting out, or it's going to reach back out with its mind. Yeah, I think I'm going to use the charge of that other crystal. That's why I got it. So. Okay. Yeah, that other crystal uh, in your pack shatters, but your mental strength holds. Oh, boy. this I'm holding on to this thing, but we got to figure out what we're going to do. I know that there's more around here, but I, I'm not sure where. Uh, let's go in here. Let's see what the hell's going on. Who brought their rowboat? Yep. And I'll uh, start tracking into this cave. Yeah, you go into this cave maybe five feet, and you can tell that it instantly ducks underwater. Should I go first on this so that if we don't come back up for air, I can kind of teleport my way back? Sure. I can maybe try and reach out and see if I can get inside the head of anything that's nearby. I mean, if I mess up, they're going to know where we are. But if I do it right, I might be able to get us some information. If you want to try that first, be my guest. Oof, okay. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reach out. All right, roll it with a minus one. Seven. All right, so what all do you get with that? Uh, in addition to hearing what it's thinking, I learn something interesting or useful about it or something they know. Um, and then I get to choose one from a list here. I can choose the information is hazy. They also learn something about you or you are hit with a feedback spike. Take negative one forward to use a psionic power. And then also with my thought spike advanced move, uh, since I'm using telepathy to enter a creature's mind, I get to either deal damage or stun it for a few moments. Okay, so first off, do you want to deal damage or stun it? I think I'll stun it. Okay, and then what is your uh, what is your pick from your 7 to 9 list? I think they also learned something about me. So as you reach your mind out, I think the thing that you connect to is the were shark that you have trapped in this telekinetic bubble. And the thing that you hear in its head is that it wants to capture you so it can sacrifice you to its god. It has been a long time since it's made a good sacrifice to its god, and it's afraid that its competition is going to make a sacrifice first uh, because the last offerings went inside of the cave, and that is its domain. Oh, okay. Uh, I can I can kind of get inside the head of the shark thing that I'm holding over there. Um, it wants to sacrifice us to its god. It says something about its uh its competition. It doesn't want its competition to to be able to do it first. Oh, okay. So you said that there were a couple that were a little more primal. So that would be it in the competition. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I don't know what the other things are. So it's hard to say. Okay. So should we just make our stand up here and let this thing come to us to get it out of the way? Or do we just rush and try to get through this? Where are all the other things you sensed? I don't know. There were like two more primal things and like five things that were more intelligent. I, I couldn't pinpoint them exactly. I just knew that they were this direction, the direction of the island. So I, I'm sorry, I don't know. But the shark thing, it, it wants to sacrifice us because the outside is its domain. And like it said, the other sacrifices already went into the cave. So I think there might be things in here. 
then I think we got to rush. If there are five like people like us about to get sacrificed in this fucking cave, we got to go do something about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's go. I'll go first. I'll let you know if it's clear to swim uh, and I'll dive in the water. Okay, so uh, the two of you staying out here? Yeah, I'm trying to keep an eye on this thing, so. Okay, so Jake, you dive into the water. It is deep and murky uh, and you start to swim and I'm going to ask you to roll the shark god's grotto. (laughs) Uh, So the first thing that you need to do is roll a d6 and you're going to subtract this from your current constitution. My current constitution? Yep. Not my hit points? Correct. Five. Okay, so what's your constitution at now? Thirteen. Okay. Now roll intelligence. Ten. All right, so you get a hold three and you can pick three things from the list below. You glimpse brighter water ahead and can mark one progress. You find an air pocket and catch your breath, regain 2d6 constitution. You do not draw unwanted attention from the beasts in the deep. How many do I pick? Three. So you could pick all of them or you could pick multiple of the first one. Uh, And I will let you know that once you get three progress, you will find the next area. Uh, I'll just do each of those for now. All right. So, yeah, you do find an air pocket. You're able to come up, uh, but you are just your head sticking out, uh, but you have enough to get breath. Uh, All right. Let me heal that constitution. Okay. Uh, Okay. So I'm back up to my regular constitution amount. Okay. What is your thought? Like having dove down in this water, it's dark, it's murky. You kind of struggle for a moment, and then you're able to come up, and it's just your head. I'm trying to decide if I... I can't just teleport back to them. I teleport line of sight. Mm-hmm. And I've only got one magic right now, so I don't think I'm going to burn it yet. I told them I'd let them know if it was clear to swim. I don't think I've been gone long enough that like it's a panic-worthy yet, so I think I'd go back down and keep going. Okay. Uh, so again, roll your con. One. Okay. And roll intelligence. Twelve. All right. You get a hold three again. Uh, okay, I won't draw the attention and I'll get to progress. Okay, and where do you want to progress? Do you want to go deeper inside or do you want to find your way back to the entrance? Uh, I mean, by by the same reasoning, I can't imagine why I would go back to the entrance yet. I don't have information to give them, so yeah. I would go to the next area. All right, so you are able to swim around in this dark, murky water for a moment and come up into an area that has solid land. It's a chiseled out square area. Uh, you can see that there is... Signs of fighting here. Uh, There is blood on the ground. There are discarded weapons. uh, And you can see that on the far right side of this little cave, uh, it ducks into another smaller cave. And then further ahead, it goes into the water again. I mean, is there anything important in this little area? Does it just seem like it's going to be a hub? Like in in the signs of fighting, is there any good indication of which way is the right way to go or the wrong way to go? Or did anything get left behind here that might be useful roll discern realities okay five uh so i still get to ask what here is magical so looking ahead and looking back you notice that the water itself is magical like you were underneath it you were trying to swim through it and there was a certain force of will to get through it Uh, and so you get the sense that the water is magical and can have effects on you um do i have any idea of how far i just traveled from the entrance to here underwater it doesn't feel like it was very far okay i want to try to think loudly like i don't have telepathy but i know (laughs) megan does and i before i try to swim back i just want to see if maybe she's like listening as i'm just like in my brain going hey hey squad i don't know if this does anything (laughs) 
<laughs> Megan, where is your focus? Is it keeping this were shark trapped? Are you reaching out for Jake? What's going on exactly? No, I think he said he would come back. He'd scope it out and check back with us. And so I'm focusing on keeping this thing away from me and Tass until I know that we can just push ahead. Yeah, so you scream out in your head for a while. Uh, and you start to hear Megan back, but you realize she's just saying things like you want to hear. And so it's probably just your own thoughts. <laughs> she's like, yeah, we found I a just, Burger King. I just hear you're doing a really good job. I'm super proud of you. I'm really proud of you. <laughs> Why wow, you're a valuable member of the team. <laughs> okay, then I'm going to pull out the grappling hook and all the rope again, and I'm going to spike the grappling hook into something over here and then try and swim back and trail the rope along so that hopefully I can make our return journey easier. All right, roll con. Three con. Okay. 12 in. Uh, so you get to hold three. I mean, I guess I'll do two progress and not draw attention still. Okay. And then try one more of these. All right. So roll your con. Three con again. Nine on the int roll. Okay, so you get to hold one. I. It's got to be the one progress, I guess. Yeah, so you are able to drag this rope behind you, and you surface, and you see the back of Tass and Megan standing on the beach. Megan with her energy out, holding this were shark in place. Does my constitution come back being out in the fresh air again? It does, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, I mean, it's not a super long swim down there, but the water's magical, and I got to, like, the next landing, but it's like a maze or something. Like, there are different tunnels, different ways to go. There was clearly a fight in there. There's a bunch of blood, and I, I pulled the rope. I anchored off the rope so that hopefully I could make it a little bit easier on the way back in there, but it's kind of confusing. All right. Well, if we think we need to deal with it, let's all go together. Ooh, okay. Well, I'm going to drop this and we go. I don't know how long it's going to take for that thing to get over here, but. Well, hopefully if we go in and you said there's something about turf war going on, hopefully it won't follow us in here. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Lead the way, man. Oh, uh, I guess I'll lead again. All right. So Megan looking out, trying to keep this thing locked down. Jake and Tass, you turn to jump into the water in the cave. And as you turn, you notice three much smaller shark fins circling below the water of the entrance. The Crit Show is a Crit Show Studios production, edited and produced by Brandon Wentz with music by Jake Purley. You can find more information about us at thecritshowpodcast.com. To keep up to date with upcoming live shows, contests, and other special events, follow us at The Crit Show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For even more weekly content, join us at patreon.com slash thecritshow. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. This is I reporting. He's at the Lao Chang restaurant, Changchun, northeastern China. It's uh, spring 1997. Once it started, I'll leave him in Ming's hands. <laughs> That's a joke. Ming doesn't have hands. And what do you do exactly? Besides dance with strangers. I work for the postal service. <laughs> you, you're a, a postman. Weird, right? Miss Cloutier? What is it? It's just a bit strange. A letter for me from Hong Kong. And there's no stamp. I need 
stamps to write a dead person? Yep, there's a cost. How much? A pound. A pound of flesh. A pound of you. It seems like a lot. Lift up your shirt! What's that? Just pull this tube over your stomach. We are done Ah! Yeah, this is gonna hurt. What? Nothing! Ah! Ah! The very worst thing that could possibly happen. Sada, please write back. If your letter can find me here, then I think we have a lot to talk about. Saludos, Raúl. The very worst thing that could possibly happen. An audio drama in nine parts, produced by Wolf at the Door Studios. Out now. For more information, please visit wlfdr.com.